and welcome. Thank you for listening to Engage with Eagle Forum. My name is Kirsten Hassler, and I'm the Executive Director for Eagle Forum in D.C. I'm joined by my colleague, Tabitha Walter, who's our Political Director, also based in D.C. In this episode, we will be talking to someone very dear to my heart, a pro-life speaker and writer, Heather Roosh. Heather, thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, absolutely. It's so great to be here with you guys. Thanks for doing this. It's exciting to be part of the podcast. Um, what, a, what a fantastic thing you guys are doing here at Eagle Forum, um, especially doing this podcast for the next generation, for women of all ages, really, um, to come here and, and be together, right? To unite in the community. And so that is what I do. Um, I am a pro-life, uh, life issues um, and sexuality advocate. Um, but I'm also an author of a book called Sexuality Mentality, Creating a Culture of Biblical Integrity. Um, it's published through Concordia Publishing House. And in addition to that, for about 12 years now, I've worked all across the life issues um, ministry, working in crisis pregnancy centers, writing music and, and performing that music, um, writing a book, and now continuing to produce resources for really for Christians across the country so that they can get involved and, and know how to speak confidently and mm -hmm. um, courageously, boldly, about the value of every human life. Yeah. Have you been like that your whole life, or where did this come from? That's a really, yeah. My kids <laughs> always say, Mom, did you always want to be the sex lady? Um, <laughs> nope, no, that was not, definitely, definitely not what I was going to do. I did always want to be a teacher, though. Okay. Um, and I do consider myself an educator. Yeah. Um, that is a huge part of what I do, um, is just bringing people into this conversation and, and really opening up the discussion. And isn't that what educators do? They open up the discussion on new topics so that people are enlightened and emboldened um, to live a, a happy, healthy, safe, strong, faithful mm -hmm. life. Um, so yeah, I always wanted to be a teacher. Definitely, um, you know, did not expect to be, um, you know, working in in the pro life ministry aspect of that. But um, it was through my own experiences that I ended up in this place. Um, you know, I was a sophomore in college and going to school in Wisconsin. Um, go Cheeseheads! And um, and really. Um, really living in the moment and not thinking about um, where I was going and what I was doing in my life and um, and you know freedom can can be a little dangerous um, when you get out of high school and you move into college and you're on your own for the first time um, I I really felt myself falling into a place where I was looking for love in all the wrong places as cliche as that is it really is true and found myself facing an unplanned pregnancy at the age of 19 so um, very hard time of my life, mm -hmm. scary time of my life, mm -hmm. um, and I found myself without a lot of resources and contemplating having an abortion. Yeah. How did you move forward from that? I mean, what was your decision-making process? Did you, you know, how did you reconcile your, all the decisions that you had in your mind to ultimately give your daughter life and then move on from that? Right. Um, it was hard. I'll, I'll tell you that because the first thing that when you're facing any kind of challenge in your life or any kind of failure in your life, because now remember, I mean, I grew up in a pretty traditional Christian home. I went mm -hmm. to church on Sundays. I, you know, participated in youth group and by every, you know, on paper, I was living yeah. like a really good life. So it was hard for me um, then to come out with this public failure, really. Um, here, you know, I was, I was making some poor choices and now um, I was at a place where I was going to be... I had to make some hard choices now. And so um, it was hard for me to, to face that and, to, and then to be able to move forward. Ultimately, there was a, a Bible verse um, that played through my mind. It was my grandmother's favorite Bible verse from when I was a little kid. And my mom would always tell us this verse. Um, and it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own understanding. Um, in all things, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. 
And so literally the night before I was scheduled to go and have my first consultation at an abortion clinic, because also I think it's important to include here that when I told my friends, my community of friends mm -hmm. at, on the college campus, when I told them that I was pregnant, the first thing they said is, well, there's a Planned Parenthood right down the road. And then now, all these years later, I know that every Planned Parenthood is within five miles mm -hmm. of a college campus. That was very intentional. <laughs> and you know what? I can speak truthfully that that was the resource where all yeah. of us went because we didn't know about these amazing crisis pregnancy centers mm -hmm. that were offering all of the options. Yeah. We just knew about you know Planned Parenthood. And they did a really good job of coming to us and um, and building relationships with us mm -hmm. so that we would go to them when we were facing unplanned pregnancies. So I had made that initial appointment to go in and have my first consultation to find out about having an abortion. And the night before, this verse is just playing over and over in my mind, and I know that was God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and he literally was just saying, Heather, trust in me with all of your heart. Lean not upon your own limited, sinful, very immature yeah. view of this situation, but trust in me because I will direct your paths. Acknowledge me because I am here. Mm -hmm. I'm really here with you. And that's what gave me the strength then the next day to call my mom, my stepdad, let them know what was going on. And from that point forward, there were definitely hard times, but God just surrounded me with incredible people, a church community, family members, an incredibly huge, amazing Swedish family <laughs> who just surrounded me with all kinds of love and resources and really took care of me from that point on. Yeah. That's what it was. I mean, it was a community of people reaching out to say, you know what, this is bigger than me and my life. This is about you and the, the life of your child. Yeah. And that's worth struggling through together. That's amazing that you had that community. I. I'd like you to speak to, you, you had talked about how Planned Parenthood was, was very active on your campus and how the community there on the campus had more of a mainstream view of what you should do with unplanned pregnancies. So if someone's facing an unplanned pregnancy now on a campus, how would you direct them towards that community that you ended up having in, in the long run? Yeah, and you know, I think it's such an incredible question, Tabitha, and I'm so grateful that you asked it because it is crucially important that we as pro-life people, mm -hmm. right, especially as pro-life Christians, yeah. but, but you know, as pro-life people, as people who recognize the value of not only our own lives, but then the lives of everyone else around us, it's so important that we're able to counter the lies with the truth. So, and it takes critical thinking. How do we get in there and how do we make ourselves just as relevant so that the truth is being spoken as loud as, if not louder, than the lie, mm -hmm. okay? Because the, the ultimate travesty here is that Planned Parenthood has a great business plan. They have figured out how to become really relevant and how to completely minimize the value of a life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? So for us to be able to go onto these campuses, I think the first thing is on a local level that we are putting ourselves out professionally and um, as crisis pregnancy centers that we are very conscientious and intentional about our presence in our community. You know, I work in the last 12 years, like I said, I've done a lot of consulting with pregnancy center boards, crisis pregnancy center boards of directors and, and marketing structures and things like that with nonprofit ministries. Um, and this is the first thing I say. The, it's wonderful because most of these places have incredible volunteers who are running 
nonprofit businesses. But the reality is it's usually their secondary mm-hmm. responsibility, or maybe it's the third or the fourth thing on their list of things that they that responsibilities yeah. that they have. Um, I would love to see more funding going into these crisis pregnancy centers. I would love to see more consolidation um, and branding. Um, so that we have a just as much of a, a solidified voice and brand recognition as Planned Parenthood does mm-hmm. on our college on our college campuses, on a very minimal level, that means hey, every one of you girls out there, every one of you guys out there, know where your crisis pregnancy center is. Mm-hmm. Go there and spend time with those people, so that you, on a peer level, you are able to direct. Um, your friends and other people, your neighbor, the people that God puts before you to these places of hope instead of to, you know, places of, of easy answers. Yeah. Easy. Easy solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just looking at an article on the March for Life is tomorrow about uh, President Trump is attending anti-abortion rally. And I really, really hate it when people label the pro-life movement as anti, because we are so much more than anti-abortion. Being pro-life means being pro-abundant life. And not only, you know, upholding life in the womb, but everything after that. Um, So, yeah, I definitely think there needs to be, we need to encourage a new mindset when it comes to that. And really, you know, you're so right because one of, I I made some notes before I came on today. One of the things that I was really, really thinking about as I was coming here for the, the March for Life, which is so exciting, is aren't we better as a culture when we act together? And isn't that exactly what the pro-life movement is all about? It's about um, being able to, to say, I will not allow you to suffer alone. Mm-hmm. That's the pro-life movement. Mm-hmm. It's I am reaching out beyond myself for the benefit of someone else. But recognizing it comes from a place that of, of my own value, my own worth. And so then when you look at the, the contrast of the pro-choice movement, I mean, the pro-choice movement is a business. This mm-hmm. is a business. Mm-hmm. We are a ministry of two people. Um, and so when you look at the difference between that, everything about the pro-choice movement is how can I serve myself? It's introspective. It has to do with me and my rights and my and, and serving my interests, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at that, you're right. I mean, how do we not see this? Mm-hmm. And, and, and ultimately, my passion for this entire, for everything that I do comes back to this fundamental, fundamental core moral issue of humanity and human rights and that is when we don't value every human life then nothing else on the table matters I mean really this value um, of being able to sit across the table from each other when we don't agree Mm -hmm. this value of being able to recognize that community starts intrinsically first and foremost between a mother and her child and recognizing that and then seeing how it builds out and, and that that community strengthens us as humans mm-hmm. um, and, and brings us together so that even when there are divisions, we can sit and we can say, I acknowledge your value because yeah. I first recognize my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we hear the pro-choicers say a lot of times that abortion is good for women because it allows them to be successful. They don't have to stop you know, getting an education, you know, those kind of things. But obviously, you're, you're very successful in your life. So can you tell us yeah. like where things have led since you chose yeah. not to get an abortion? Absolutely. And you know what? I just want to just say this to all of those, you know, the, the women and the men that are out there. I mean, when we hear those arguments from the culture that we have to you know, sacrifice our children in order to make ourselves better, I mean, do we really want to be a culture that lives for ourselves? Really? I mean, you know, my body, my choice. Do we really want to be a culture that lives 
solely for, for ourselves and, and what kind of a life is that then? Mm-hmm. And so that's my the, the first place where I would counter. But from there, I would say, you know, over the last, I chose life for my, my daughter, who's now 19 years old and sophomore in college. I chose to parent my daughter. I did consider adoption for just a minute. I found out the resources though, and I was able to look at everything before me and consider what my options were because I had the truth uh, given to me, mm-hmm. right? I, I did choose to parent my daughter and and that that choice has empowered me as a woman because it's taught me number one, the very greatest vocation that I can ever have as a woman is to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that doesn't always look like a, a you know, a traditional way of being a mom. There are lots of ways that we become mothers mm-hmm. in this world that God gives us that great vocation. But there is no greater honor, really. And that empowered me as a woman that gave me a sense of drive and and inclusion in this world a place where i wanted to contribute for the benefit then of my children and and everyone else's children we okay. want we want it, mm-hmm. you know to be a better place so for the last so then that led me into um, writing music and touring you know across the united states and canada writing music and sharing this wonderful music of my story and what God had done in my life. I had a really awesome, fun band of young, you know, college college guys and a fun, you know, group to hang out with. Wonderful musicians. It was a lot of fun. From there, I moved into working in Crisis Pregnancy Center Ministry on the front lines for three years um, as the executive director of Crisis Pregnancy Centers in central Wisconsin. And then moved on to start doing, um, like I said, consultation and, and public speaking. And now I've gotten to the place where I speak all across the country. Um, we've just initiated last fall a really exciting new new program called It's, it's the You Matter Movement. And we are doing t- a tour across the country, hoping to reach 100,000 students this year with the message that, that every human life is God's most precious possession. So... Um, Writing resources, you know, becoming a voice um, of leadership in the pro-life community. Yeah, I would say, you know, I've, I've kind of I've come a long way, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, Kristen and I, you know, we both have kids. And I, I think we can truly say that we have found a lot of purpose mm-hmm. in, in our children. And it's driven us. And there's so much joy in it. And, and yes, it's hard. But the joy always outweighs the hard times. And mm-hmm. that's a piece that's left out of the narrative whenever someone's facing an unplanned pregnancy is oh it's usually oh this is this will be really hard for you instead of saying this is going to be the most joy that you've ever had in your life and and so I think you encompass that very well like what a beautiful thing that you have turned that into you turned it into music now you're touring um you're speaking at a conference tomorrow and and you're speaking into women's lives that telling them that they matter so can you tell us a little bit about that initiative and and how you're touring and yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things as I hear you talk to, I think it's really important for us to address some of this, some of this rhetoric that's in our community, that's out there in the world right now, this community uh, way of speaking that says my body, my choice that says, you know, I'm not going to let a man make the decisions about my body. Mm-hmm. You know, those are important things that are infiltrating, you know, our college students and our families, you know, at, at very subliminal levels. Mm-hmm. And so for us as, as women, you know, we can say, yeah, 
it was definitely hard and I had to change the plan because suddenly now I was facing an unexplained pregnancy. But what did I think was going to happen when I was starting to have sex um, with my boyfriend and, you know, and, and not being intentional and not being, you know, responsible, not placing my value in Christ first? What did I think was going to happen? Well, I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. And so the, the You Matter movement is really about going into, it's a faith-based program right now, though we are going to be expanding that into more of a, a public capacity here soon. But right now it's a faith-based program we're bringing into students from fifth through 12th grade. We've been on several college campuses. It's been really exciting. We're going into churches of all denominations and just sharing a couple of really important really key messages that counter all of these lies that are, are flying at us from the culture. So those key points are, number one, that the value of human life is not subjective. Mm-hmm. The minute you make the value of a person's life subjective, dependent upon circumstances or opinions, the minute you make the value of human life subjective, you give some everyone else in the world the permission to make that same judgment about you. That's powerful. And that has nothing to do with my faith, except that my faith brings that even deeper, takes it even deeper, right? So, so we can have that conversation with anybody. The reality is that every single, either every single human life has value or none do. How comfortable are we with that? Mm-hmm. The second point that we um, really, really make when we're, we're bringing this message into to, to our youth especially is this concept that I've been using for a long time now. It's called the blue dot. And the blue dot is, it's, it's the idea, it started a long time ago actually when I first started speaking with youth. And um, the blue dot is basically um, this idea, I used to draw it on a piece of paper and say, okay, what do you see? See the, I see a blue dot. <laughs> okay, so when you're focused on the blue dot, so often you miss then everything else that's around it, okay? So I, I would talk about that, I would talk about it in perspective to depression, anxiety, stress that was happening in our lives. And when we're so focused on that blue dot, um, we miss all the blessings. We miss all of the things that God is doing and the places he's growing us and supporting us, right? With the New Matter Tour, we flipped that on its head a little bit mm-hmm. because what I realized um, as I was teaching that and speaking more and more with youth over the years is that whatever your focus is on, that is what everything else in your life will will radiate out from and constantly come back to. It's the filter that you have. And so as we're out there and we're teaching students, we're talking about the fact that we are not just a physical body walking through this world as as the world would have us believe. Mm-hmm. That your your value is dependent upon what you can or cannot do, how you look, um, you know, how tall, how short, how heavy, how thin, how talented, how not, how strong, how weak, all of these things that we place our value on. And then take it you know, to the next level and talk about comprehensive sex ed, condoms and birth control. As long as you're having quote unquote safe sex, it's okay. The reality is that sex and intimacy goes far deeper than your physical body Mm -hmm. in the same way that your value goes far deeper than just your physical body. Mm -hmm. You are not just a physical body. You're a physical body who also thinks things. You guys agree? Yeah. Right? We have thoughts in our heads. We think things. When I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, it's too early. I need coffee. I mean, but we think things, right? We have thoughts. We feel things. You know, what are some of the things that we feel throughout our, our lives and our days? Really heavy things like depression and anxiety and stress, but then happiness and joy and peace and um, excitement. These are all feelings that we have. And then we also have a social part of us that interacts Mm -hmm. with other people around us. Every single thing we say and do in this life will affect someone else around me. 
everybody else around me. We can never act solely on our own as the pro-choice mo- movement would have us believe. Yeah. Right? Our mm-hmm. actions completely impact every other person around us. And then of course our spiritual, you know, aspect as well. We are in, uh, um, in relationship with God all the time because he is relational and he has created us to be relational people. So, we teach our students that, you know, we are not just physical bodies, we are physical, social, emotional, mental and social beings and that um, we are affected intricately and uniquely on all of those levels and when your focus is on Christ when Christ is your blue dot your value I matter I matter most I have always mattered and Christ is Jesus Christ is the proof of that when we recognize that it's at that point then that I can take every physical thing that the way that I see my my physical body it it changes the way I, I see and approach my my thoughts my feelings my social relationships and ultimately the way I see and approach God himself mm-hmm. so the blue dot you know is really a huge aspect because I think in our culture we get hung up on that blue dot being something else in our lives whether it's our boyfriend or our girlfriend mm-hmm. maybe it's our political stance um, maybe it's it can be anything but the reality is the only time that we are completely in balance is when Christ our value in Christ the value of every human life is our blue dot yeah, what a hard thing to talk about, but you've managed to put it into a book. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was such an exciting book to write, too. I never yeah. expected to be an author. Yeah. Um, and it's been wildly successful. We're really grateful for this opportunity. Concordia Publishing House um, came and asked me to write the book in 2017. And then we went through a hurricane as we were... Uh, on the island of Puerto Rico serving as missionaries there and then after that was able to finish the book up and it came out in September of 2018 so it's just been out a little while and it's been a really exciting journey yeah we will provide a link to mm-hmm. the book and so if you're interested in purchasing the book checking it out then we'll have that on our website there's also a free video faith course download that goes with the book so you can actually read a chapter answer a few questions and then watch a free video five minute video that goes a little bit deeper with me just talking and sharing a little mm-hmm. bit more about that chapter of the book and that also um, is at faith I believe it's cphfaithcourses.org okay so you can google yeah. it And it's a great resource for parents as you're navigating these discussions with your children and trying to find resources that reflection of your faith or how you want to view um, sexuality. So I really recommend that you, you know, you look into this because the dialogue that we're hearing is not a good one. Yeah, and I appreciate that because, um, and that's part of why I'm, I'm trying to produce resources like MAD because we need we need to have some good resources mm-hmm. out there. There isn't a lot. We need to, have, to be relevant with the culture. We need to be real about the things that we're facing. Mm-hmm. And we got to keep up here a little yeah. bit. So yeah. we're going to, but I, but I also feel like when, very often when you're pushed up against a wall, when you feel like you're being pushed into a corner, that's when action happens. And the last couple of years, since everything's been, you know, coming to the surface with, you know, the abortion issues in the United States, I think that that is that there's a sense of urgency developing among um, amongst the church, amongst, um, you know, our younger generations. This is the pro-life generation. I mean, it's exciting. So I want to make sure that everybody has the tools in whatever capacity that we can all offer, because ultimately we are all in this together. We all have vocations to play and talents to bring to the table. Um, so I really encourage every person out there to bring. Bring your, bring your abilities to the table. We need yeah. you. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for sharing your story with us. You definitely are an inspiration, balancing not only being a wife, a mama, but also an advocate for such mm-hmm. an important cause. 
And thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to Engage so you never miss one. And you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. From your house to the state house to the White House, we are Engage with Eagle Forum.